It feels so good to be back on the East Coast. Got to train some no-gi back home. Oh, feels good. Which means it's time for verbal tap, which proves fighting is way easier from outside the island, especially if the humidity's thick and you get really tired really fast in the gi. I'm just saying, it's a little easier back in your home conditions. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Fine. If I didn't know any better, it would sound like you were making an excuse for your performance out in Hawaii. Oh, well, you do know me better, mm. so that's definitely not what I'm doing. Okay. Though, a little bit, you know, 10%. <laughs> I had a blast out in Hawaii. I actually got to teach, uh, I was running in some open mat. I took the moves I got from Island J's back back here to VA. It was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. So that's... Yeah, got to keep it communal, Raph. Speaking of keeping it communal. Okay. Dan Henderson is back and ready to fight for the title. Uh, No? I think Dan Henderson is back because (laughs) I can agree to that statement. You, however, love saying things like Dan Henderson should go into a nice sarcophagus or Dan Henderson's Uh, over or Dan Henderson is so old that he should be at a buffet called the hometown buffet or at the golden corral. He has seats for two at 4 PM. Like that's about what you say all the time. Well, yeah. So he wins and immediately everyone's like, does this quiet the naysayers? Like, John Anik couldn't have been more emphatic that this was a big upset. It was like, no, John, it wasn't. It was not a big upset. Everyone thought he was going to beat Tim Bosch. He did. Tim Bosch definitively shouldn't get back in the octagon for health reasons. He really is done. Dan Henderson, of course, dominated him with that stiff right hand. It was a really... thoroughly exciting 20 seconds of action with 38 minutes of walkout. Okay. Let's... I don't need... You say so many things sometimes that... This was not him silencing the naysayers, Raph. This was him winning a fight he should have won. I don't know that people thought he was going to win because you had people like you who say... He's incapable of winning. So does no, he shut up people who no. think he's incapable of winning? First of all, yes. I love this. I love this senior MMA tour. I think mm-hmm. they should do it more frequently. Who doesn't want to see their favorite fighter over 40 get back in the cage? Shit, it's awesome. But in this particular case, I don't think he was a big underdog against Tim Bosch. It's like, everyone's like, oh, Dan Henderson can do it again. It's like, well, yeah, against a guy's own age, he's a fucking badass. Yeah. But did you see the way in which, once he does connect, he is, it is some powerful hits. Because, sure, <laughs> sure. nothing impresses me. <laughs> because that is quite impressive, you know, for a person's, Dan Henderson's age or not. I think the... The part where I'm the most entertained is Dan Henderson, everybody knows the H-bomb is coming. So everybody – it's a matter of can you stop it or can you not? And the most interesting aspect of him fighting in this fight is that it looks like once he gets a hand on a kid, 
it's like him beating up a small child who shoplifted back in like the 60s and he lets them have what's good because once he grabs onto them he beats them like a stepfather is what i like to say is because he grabs the back of their their head and is like you come here you take these hits so that that's yeah. about what i'm most entertained by it also in a certain way looks like Dan Henderson is initiating the closest thing I've seen to fights at my Mexican uh, block parties in the yeah. Octagon, which is always appreciated. Okay. And frankly, everything's a market. You know, there's an audience for everything that has its time and its place. Mm-hmm. So yes. you're <laughs> you heard it here. Raph thinks Dan Anderson's back. Let him fight for the title. Throw oh, him I'm, to listen, numero uno. Because I am saying things that say, hey, he's impressive when he wins, and it's really <laughs> exciting to watch. As opposed oh, to Kevin, man. who's like, oh, sorry, he woke up from a stiff nap to come back, and who knew he would beat <laughs> Tim Bosch? I wish I'd said that. That's funny. Woke up from a stiff nap. Um, but awesome rap, seriously, longest walkout in UFC history. And that's not an old guy's joke. It wasn't their fault. They waited like 19 minutes to announce the second fighter. It was, this it is was an so long part of the whole proceedings, which is Kev, we had a very exciting fight night because it was UFC 68 in NOLA. So maybe they get a little more loose because it's out there. But do you know how long? In total fight time, the main card went. I know it wasn't long. 24 minutes of fight time. (laughs) God. That's why it was so So long. So if you're looking to see why it took so long for them to get there, that's a Fox executive calling the UFC. Yeah, it was like, we got to stretch, man. (laughs) You have got to stretch. It's us against women's soccer in the World Cup and some other stuff. But you have to stretch. So many times. You fucking take, like, you can hop and skip as long as you start all the way back outside of the fucking arena but you do not get out there quickly so yeah it took forever that does answer my question i feel vindicated another fight that went pretty quick ben rothwell fucking bully chokes matt mitrioni i don't know how else to say it that's probably the bully best way uh are you talking bully chokes or (sighs) modified guillotine yes like neck crank it's a is it a bulldog choke? Is that what we're talking about here? Sure. I'm I'm going back to rewatch it myself because that was one of the two fights I actually missed from yesterday. I re caught up on everything because I didn't get to see it live. I was hanging with family, but uh, fortunately they made it so short. Twenty four minutes to spare. You didn't. I did you not give us twenty four minutes. Uh, no, not this time. However, I will okay. say, if there's anything on this earth. Nah, that's that's like a weird big man guillotine. Uh, yeah. The thing that makes me yeah. most entertained about like this a, is it's like a fat crank. <laughs> so do you say that? Remember, people, Kevin is saying those things, not me. Uh, a fat crank. That's exactly what that is. If we want to talk about big people, let's talk about maybe my favorite moment of the entire weekend. 
which was, uh, I believe, it is Sean Jordan pulling a, uh, a very funny and and cool kick. Did you see that fight? Um. Yes. It was the prelims. Yes. So you yes. did see it. It was the last okay. prelim. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I don't know if you saw this, um, but I'm sending this to you right now. Go ahead and look at it. Again, everybody, you can all go catch this on the Verbal Tab page. We actually have just put this up. I, I'm, I'm entertained by this. I think Kevin might be too. Okay. Did you see this video that I'm talking about yet? I didn't. No, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, here. Go ahead and oh. look at that. Got it's it. actually from the Sean Jordan fight. And uh, it, it's like a tribute, one might say, to someone who is a, a greater fighter, <laughs> otherwise known as Shawn Michaels, because Shawn Jordan gets the sickest, that what's referred to in great. pro wrestling, super kick or sweet chin music yeah. that yeah. we actually decided to put it to some music. And uh, the music makes <laughs> it go pretty well, I, I think. Uh, I completely concur. The music makes it rock. <laughs> The music makes me want to get in a Jeep and drink a six-pack at the same time. Just drive. And mission accomplished. You guys can check that out on VerbalTapCast.com uh, or our YouTube page or our Instagram. Instagram. So all of those places, we have that up. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, the, the fights were good. I also want to give a big shout-out to our good friend, uh, Christos Yagos, who put up a really, yeah. really good fight. I thought it was a tough fight uh, to watch when it's your friend. And uh, he's trying to initiate a fight, and the other guy yeah. is definitely trying to win the wrestling. Held match. down a lot, yeah. Like it didn't feel to me at all. Like as I watched it, people were like, "Oh, well, that's obviously a decision." I was like, "I could see a world where Christos won that fight." Like I mean, just from a pure attack submission, nearly knockout perspective, and they were just like, "You landed so many more strikes." Like, no, he didn't. It wasn't a... yeah, I agree. Christos was fighting. Christos came to fight, although I will say I think, uh, you know, wrestling is important and we, we yeah, say that consistently apparently. here. So it played a major factor there. Kevin may not always say that. In fact, he didn't say that to Christos once, if I recall properly. But <laughs> the important part about this whole thing is is uh, I thought they had a great fight. And then uh, what was the fight of the night to you? I think it's one that we haven't brought up yet. Ortega versus Tavares. I thought Brian Ortega showed some of the best from the bottom fighting I've seen. Like I bet he's one sick grappler. Yeah, that guy can rotate his tips and attack in a Keenan-like way. You don't say those words lightly ever. You don't. I don't. Did you watch this fight? I did. Yeah. Did you watch this fight? Yeah. It's amazing. Like Ortega is a fucking stud. And I was impressed at the, he used jujitsu to, to, to fuck him up. Like he did some seriously good work. I was impressed. It was pretty spectacular. So those were, I think the bulk of the fights, uh, from yesterday. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. It was just nice to have a nice breezy. What's that? Poirier, dust in the diamond. Yeah. Oh man, that was. Oh yeah, and Soto was. Beat the shit out of dude, just, Jesus, that was so ridiculous to see Soto get the the bounce. <laughs> man, I, I, I mean, if you look at it from Burchek knocking out Soto, and what he said afterwards was, he said, "Yeah, it took me one round to what it took the champ to do." 
in five, and I thought that was that was pretty good smack talk right there. So uh, there was that. Brian Ebersol with an unfortunate knee injury, ending his career of 70 fights. But, uh, you know, if you can learn one thing, and don't get too sad, it's that uh, just based on his chest hair, he's always looking north. So he's always looking ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a good night for people with chest star tattoos. Uh, mm. That's a good takeaway. And that's about it from, I think, the Oh, UFC the one more, the, the Proctor oh, versus Justin Edwards. Uh, let's just say this to all of our friends in jiu-jitsu. Just never let that happen to you. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the rough Proctor. Oh, fuck. Tavares' face, also. The blood yeah. was a problem, UFC. Like, thanks for making it a mini homage to Saw. Like at the point where it was squirting out, it was like, what's Brian Ortega supposed to do? <laughs> Cover him in petroleum jelly and triangle him? Like, come on. Oh, so anyway, good night of fights. I was pleased, and uh, I'm happy with the UFC for putting on a really good card, and, and a TV card, and as we will um, talk about in a few minutes, um, maybe better than what we might see next week. Where you gotta yeah, pay no for way. it, but hey, Mexico City, you're getting one, so huzzah! Tune in, Mexico. All right, <laughs> all right. So, what do we got going on today? Uh, we're gonna talk to a ton of people. Okay. You invited Marshall Carper back on. Always. I have no idea why, other than he's interesting. Okay. You didn't object to it either, but that's fine. Sure. T Money's coming by for some over under Kevin. Look good out, friend. Travis Connolly. Look out, uh, and then Adam Frazier comes by to talk about the submission series, bro. That's awesome. Super it sounds cool, like, like a good show. Canada trying to do their cute version of fighting us, <laughs> right? Don't, no, right? don't, don't be <laughs> mean to the Canadians. They they have so much working against them to begin with. It's just, it's unfair. It's like when I make fun of you for your ability to read. It's not fair. Uh, okay, you want to get to the podcast? Let's do it. Verbal Tap fans, we have, uh, well, one of Raph's friends back. But, you know, always good to have uh, familiar people on Back on the podcast from Artichoke Media, Marshall D. Carper. I like to add the D because I'm also a middle initial user. Marshall, how are you doing this? Yeah, evening? I'm just always trying to get the D in where I can. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, nope, never. Big nope. strategy. <laughs> nope. Uh, well, Marshall, it seems like this is already going off wonderfully. Uh, how have you been, man? What have you been up to? I know you're always... <laughs> writing you're one of the best writers in jiu-jitsu out there i won't let you say no and otherwise but you are um you know you're always up to like three or four projects all at once so kind of give us a rundown of what you've been up to sure it's uh it's it's been busy um well behind the scenes we've been trying to uh chase down fighters to work on more books with us um that's whole nightmare in itself if you guys want to get into that it's uh it's kind of uh <laughs> inspired a lot of uh, our, our business decisions um, on the creative end working on a book on the sit-up escape uh, which is kind of like the anti-shrimp so you hardly ever have to shrimp in the system to escape it's pretty cool stuff 
Um, and we've also been working on a video game, actually. Uh, I think by the time this errors, 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 yeah. <laughs> by the time this, this errors, <laughs> yeah, it got me all nervous. I was expecting you to make fun of me for everything I do. So I'm just well, I'm going to point out, if you're making a video game, go ahead and lead off with that. I had to sit through books. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Movies that haven't been made yet. Uh, I don't Ouch. even remember oh, what the man. second one was, but a video game? Now we're talking. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we we made a video game. Um, you know, production is pretty well on its way. We plan on wrapping up in September, and we're launching a crowdfunding campaign just to get a little bit extra funds we need to do a full platform release. So it's uh, it's a retro style uh, for anyone that that's nerded out, and I feel like a lot of just people are nerds just based on how many Magic the Gathering videos I see, which Watch is people with it. Fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's just true. It's true. Uh, my the uh, the co-owner of Artichoke, Matt Curley, is a hardcore Magic the Gathering player, Takes and any time you get to, yeah, yeah, any time you get to people come into town uh, where where he lives out near Philly. Uh, um, You'd be surprised how often they actually end up playing magic and not doing so much too. Yes, I would. Um, I would for sure be surprised. <laughs> Go ahead. But uh, yeah, so it's so any any nerds in the audience, it's it's kind of themed after games like Pokemon and Earthbound, uh, classic retro RPGs. Uh, it's absolutely not serious. It's um it's probably pretty offensive to a lot of martial arts out there that aren't jujitsu. So we're really excited about that because I think jujitsu um you know jujitsu is trying to be pretty peaceful with other martial arts, and I feel like it's time to change that. And we're working on uh, working on burning those bridges a little bit more than they already are, and yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, we're obviously super excited for you. And when we heard about this, we said, "How could we help get the word out?" Um, that's not to say we didn't have questions because you did mention the nerd association between the two. And, you know, if we're being real, Kevin and I have been beat up by nerds in jiu-jitsu, and that's fine. But the social pecking order comes back again when we say things like, I'm sorry, how did this become something you wanted to do? Was there some sort of secret jiu-jitsu club that Kevin and I didn't know that was going on in the lunchroom, in, like, Mr. Fair's room? And uh, you guys all, like, played magic and then decided, like, hey, let's uh, let's make a jiu-jitsu video let's game. jumpstart on this jiu-jitsu thing and not tell the cool guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tell those cool guys yeah. represent. Absolutely. I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of people get into jujitsu. You know, so like I was raised by like superhero television shows, X Men, Batman, Spider Man. Um, and as much as I always wanted to have a superpower, it never really worked out. I always tried really hard. You know, hung out near radiation and you know, all that stuff. It just didn't didn't, didn't quite happen. Um, so jujitsu. Yeah, right. <laughs> always sit really close while always sit really close while while the burritos go in a circle, just just hoping. If I eat another um, Taco Bell, eventually something toxic will transform. Right. <laughs> right. I didn't really get a superpower. I might have gotten a mild case of cancer, but what <laughs> yeah. about you? I've had a little bit of my colon retracted, but I'm doing great. So it just. <laughs> but uh, I mean, anyways. Um, yeah, jiu-jitsu is the closest that I think we, we get to having a superpower, and I think it's just kind of the the level of detail and the, the depth of the technique. You know, it's all very – it very much rewards the people that can think deeply about it. So I'm not surprised. It distracts a lot of nerds, uh, especially people that you know, could probably benefit from feeling empowered. You know, uh, nerd culture has just now kind of got mainstream. Uh, a lot of the people from my generation and before – there was nothing cool about being into comic books or video games. You were very much an outsider as far as the uh, 
the pecking order, as, as you put it, <laughs> is concerned. Um, so I, I, it doesn't surprise me that there are a lot of people in jiu-jitsu. Uh, it's crazy that a lot of them are now shredded and choking people for a living. But um, it's uh, it, it's a pretty cool sport in that way. So I, I think the video game, I think the video game connection makes sense. As weird as it is, it makes sense in a strange jiu-jitsu kind of way. And I do get it because those people have really good – there's a lot of great skills that you pick up from video games for hand-eye coordination, which uh, tend to be really, really helpful in jiu-jitsu. Uh, but when you were putting this together, was there ever a moment that – because I know you talked to me about this idea a long time ago. And when you pitched it to me, I said, that's a great idea. And you're like, will you play it? And I go, probably not. But it's a great idea. <laughs> and – I was so intrigued by how laser-like focused you were about it and uh, when you were telling people about it because there's that phase of, oh, man, that'd be a great idea to making it go into action. Uh, what were some of the obstacles or, or just tell us a little bit about that process of how you went from concept to actualization? Well, the uh, the concept is the easy part, right, because just sitting around dreaming is, uh, is pretty uh, – pretty effortless. I mean, I got, I, I have ideas for days. I, I'll never have enough time to, to do all the projects that I want to do. Um, Fascinating. Ideas for yeah. days. Sorry. That's, yeah. Hey. I, I, yeah. That's, I, 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 ideas for days. Um, so figuring out what to do wasn't necessarily the hard part for me. It's definitely evolved and matured. The more people that I've talked to, and especially now that I'm working with uh, senior steel studios a video game company that we partnered with, um, it's definitely been honed and refined, but getting the basic concept down just seems really natural. And I think that's just me loving video games and me being obsessed with jujitsu. I think that's just kind of where that came from. But as far as uh, actually making it happen, well, first hurdle, I can't program. Um, so that was a pretty big killer in terms of uh, making a game. So <laughs> See, it, I'm going to need some help. I don't know a lot yeah. about a lot, but someone's going to yeah, have to I, you know make this thing. I also can't draw, and that's that's a shame if you want graphics. So, you know, <laughs> may, I, I'm thinking maybe a, a Zork style game would go over well. But I've also figured out that a lot of just people don't necessarily like to read all that much. So, doing a doing a text based adventure is probably not going to fly. Says one of the guys just, that writes a lot of books about jujitsu, just as like a. Well, you know, in, in all in all honesty, and this is this is like the best compliment I've ever gotten in kind of a roundabout kind of way, I've had a lot of people tell me that the Cauliflower Chronicles was the first book they ever finished. Like grown men, thirty plus years old, first book they ever actually read cover to cover. Um That's awesome. That's I first of all, great job, uh mm -hmm. public education. Just mm -hmm. first of all, let's let's give, let's shout out the real heroes. Second of all, that is awesome. That's actually a, that's a nice compliment too. Like that's do you, a genuine compliment. Do you follow up with them by maybe suggesting several other books they could attempt to read? Because great I feel there's to kill there's a such it's like there's great some shit responsibility that comes along with someone telling you that. That if somebody told me like, oh, I finished your book. My first thought is, oh, my God, read other books. Oh, for the love of God, please read other stuff. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, the, the, the public education system, you know, as much as that is kind of a joke, it's, it, it's not a joke. <laughs> it's, uh, it, I, I mean, I, I didn't read any of the books I was assigned in school either um, because a lot of them are really terrible and boring, and no wonder 
kids leave high school hating reading because they've never actually had a chance to read books that are good and interesting. Um, you know, it, I, I mean, I love books. I'm just as obsessed with books as I am jujitsu. So to me, books are like the greatest thing in the world. Um, so it, it really makes me sad when people are like, oh, no, this is terrible. It's like, no, you just haven't been exposed to good books. And, yeah, anytime someone's like, oh, I finished your books, first book I read, it's like, well, I got a whole bunch of other stuff. And if you like this, you'll probably like the the four dozen things that influenced it, right? And there's just so much out there, and the public school system doesn't really expose it to you. Like, So I love Shakespeare. I really, really love Shakespeare. But Shakespeare is not meant to be read. But every high school freshman's like, here, read Romeo and Juliet. It's like, it's like saying, oh, there's a movie for this, but why don't you just read the script? Because that's what we're going to do for no apparent reason. It's like, no, it's meant to be. It's meant to be a play. Why are you making people read it? No wonder they hate words for the rest of their life. It's just really. But let's be fair, though. If they don't read any kind of Shakespeare, they'll never know what's happening in Thor. So it's it does serve a purpose. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, public education system is a bummer, and uh, I'm not sure how we got there, <laughs> but this is, this is totally, totally uh, what I expected with you guys. Um, I, I, was like, I don't feel solely responsible, <laughs> but it's certainly my fault for planting the seeds. Marshall's like, I just want to get people to play my video game. Yeah, you guys, ruined it all. the game doesn't have any soliloquies about public education. I can't make that clear enough. <laughs> but we did lift the entire plot to Hamlet because we figured nobody'd know, so. Yeah, subtext. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern—they they make an appearance. Um, eventually, they die, unfortunately. But that's just well, how it goes. But okay, okay. So tell us about the game. So now we're at this point where you put it together. You realize you're not talented at a whole bunch of things, which been there. Uh, so you start calling on your friends and making good acquaintances of people who can do all this nonsense, which is amazing to me because I don't know how to program any of this. And you've sent me footage of what it looks like, and it's amazing. Like it, it looks like something you would have played on your Game Boy or your, like, old-school computer. It, it, it harkens back with a very old-school vibe uh, that I really enjoy. So it, tell us a little bit about the game so that people kind of get a concept of how it works and how it plays because it, it, there's a lot of little, small, clever stuff you put in this. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's, it's an 8-bit retro style. I mean, it's very much designed to play on as many nostalgia, hard strings as possible. Um, so that that style, you know, for, we, we picked for a lot of different reasons. Uh, first of all, it's really funny to try to make a game that pretends to be serious in that style, because you're, you know, when, when the first time a, a wild neck beard attacks you, uh, you're really not sure how to react to that because you got this like eight bit blocky character attacking you um, using using neck beard moves like Google Foo and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, make making uh, making it happen was, was interesting. So. Um, speaking of my, my nerd roots here, in high school, I ran a server for Ultima Online. Uh, it was like it, uh, World of Warcraft, if you're familiar. It was like, it was yeah. like the, the, uh, the precursor to World of Warcraft. It was the first massively multiplayer online game, and you could run your own server if you had the right software. I should not be admitting these things to you guys. I'm going to regret it, but uh, 
I, yeah, so, so I, I, I had some background. So part of me wants to make fun of your nerdiness, obviously. I mean, it goes without saying. The crowd's on it. So it's part of me is like, hey, you should try doing your research before the next project. This seems a little shallow, but go on. The other thing is, yeah. you can't see this, Marshall, but I've just written on a large piece of paper uh, eight trillion times, just nerd. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not, it's a good thing people can't see that. It's just what it says. But go on. Well, the, re- the, reason, the reason I bring that up is I've dabbled enough to know what I don't know and to find people that that actually know what they're talking about. So, you know, I, I connected with uh, an old college friend of mine, um, uh, Anthony Vaccaro, uh, and his brother Nick Vaccaro. Anthony's an artist. His, his brother's a programmer. And then uh, another guy named Mike works with them on, on design stuff, and they've been – They've been slaving away pretty hard to put a company together of their own, and they're right there at that indie startup status that uh, that I love about Artichoke. You know, they're so small that really they can do anything they want. They have a lot of freedom. Um, you know, if something fails, who cares? It's not like they have a, a big company to risk. I think they're going to get there someday. But they're just at that nice, uh, at that that beautiful stage of a bunch of potential is open to them. So. This is their their first official corporate project. Is uh, is Dojo Storm? It's weird to think that Artichoke's now 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 corporate. Uh, yeah, that's kind of sad. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah. So we we connected with we connected with uh, with Center Steel, and we've been plugging away at this for about a year. Um, it's been a lot of work. I'm doing all the writing and all the all the back end stuff. But really, uh, Anthony and Nick are the, the major heroes here. Um, Anthony's artwork is amazing. The, uh, all the character sketches he's done, and what's 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 even better is, it's also kind of terribly weird, is they don't do jujitsu. They they know about it because I do it, and Anthony's known me for a long time. So he's had a general idea of what jujitsu is, but trying to explain to him what the inside joke around worm guard is, so that he can <laughs> visually represent. A character that uses Worm Guard. It's uh, it makes for some oh, many long, weird late night conversations about uh, about what that means, or a uh, or a catch wrestling character that goes by the name Hooker, because that's what catch wrestlers call themselves, right? That's one of the names for catch wrestlers is is Hooker, and it's like trying to explain that. Really? That, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I didn't know that. it's Did it's not different. Know that. It, it's different. So all these little weird uh, wrinkles in our sport. Having to verbalize them also makes the, the jokes funnier because then you have to explain them so well that Anthony can represent it in artwork, which has uh, made it for a, it's a really strange ride of a game. Um, and it gets stranger now that uh, Polaris and Scramble are supporting it. Hey. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys plan on talking about that, but the Polaris is a big, uh, is a, is a big sponsor for the game. You're actually trying to win the Polaris Team Invitational. And along the way, you discover that the McDojo virus is broken out in Pittsburgh and threatening to destroy Jiu-Jitsu forever. So you have to stop it. It's a uh, it's a weird journey, man. It's it's been it's been a crazy. That's awesome. That's really cool. It's like uh, I'm I'm just glad to hear you're so you're teaming up with some. Are they also like? Are they going to do anything in the next? Because if they're part of it, so they're like the entire theme of the game is to try and win sort of the the Polaris Prize. Yeah, that that's the that that's the main quest. Yeah, and you discover the McDojo virus threat along the way, and you're trying to trying to save jujitsu while you're also trying to win your first major world championship. It's, and uh, if 
people out there are thinking, God, how do I get my hands on this first? Well, that's easy. $10, you donate to the Indiegogo campaign, sponsoring this fantastic stuff right now, and you get first access download. Yeah, yeah, we give we give early access so that way you get the game before anybody else does. Um, you also get an invitation to a closed beta when we're at that point. You know, when the game's what? just about finished. Yeah. Does so, an invitation you know, to a closed beta come like hand delivered? Is that how it was ladies and gentlemen, first ten dollars Marshall Carver will fly to your house, hand you a personal Veda invitation, mm-hmm. um, and get a tattoo with you about the game. How's that sound? Right? Let's get the word out. I never have any idea what's going to happen when I get on the show. I just <laughs> never, ever prepared. <laughs> just, just trying to keep up. Just trying to keep it's, up. It's the primer we hand out to all of our guests, which is you won't know what's happening. And most of the mm-hmm. times, neither will we. But we'll all take the journey together. And, yeah. you know, okay, so Marshall, you, you've got this Indiegogo. Maybe that's where Kevin is alluding to, where people can contribute because you, uh, the bulk of the work is done, but you need a money supply to get through the last leg of it. Yeah, so basically we've shouldered all of the burden in terms of development costs. Um, a, lot of, a lot of video game Indiegogos, and again, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit nerd here. Um, there's been a few big... Uh, video game crowdfunding campaigns in the last couple months. Uh, the spiritual successor to Banjo, Banjo and Kazooie, the spiritual successor to Castlevania, and if you guys don't know what any of these are, that's fine. I'm just going to go speak directly to my nerd people at this point. Um, those campaigns started out with a goal of around $500,000 to a million dollars, and they've, they've raised close to 2.5 a piece, respectively. Um, we're asking for $3,400 because um, we're not paying for salaries. We're not covering office space. We're not trying to uh, get our funders to back all our marketing expenses. We just need a couple pieces of hardware and a little bit of software to do a full platform release. So right now we can release directly to Android, but we also want to do an iOS and a PC release all at the same time. That way as many people as possible can play it. Wait, wait, so we hold need on, a little hold bit on, of funding to get through there. Let me get this straight. You have it ready for Android, so Android users will get it first? Oh, yeah. Android users will get it first. son of a bitch. I literally (laughs) just switched to an iPhone. I'm not a huge huge Apple fan. Um, I'm not going to lie. That's just going to sound blasphemous. This is not a time for your preferences. Luckily, they're not a sponsor, Marshalls. You're free to say. <laughs> Luckily, yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Apple offered, then we declined. Uh, yeah, we said no on yeah. principle. We were like, sorry, we really enjoy working with Marshall. Not a big fan of yours. That's how we make business decisions. Good day. Listen, Marshall, yeah. this is crushing because I've lived in an inverted world, and not inverted where I'm just, you know, trying to attack from there, but in an inverted world in technology for way too long because <sighs> – Every time I've wanted an app, my phone is too slow, too old, too dumb. Now I have this great to phone. To not Apple. Basically. <laughs> you're now telling me, well, Raph, hold on. We may get to you. <sighs> okay. Okay. I'm good. It's, not, it's about more than just me. I know. Yeah. So – I'm I'm fairly confident we will. I mean, it's it's a small goal. Oh, um, this on. is well, no, no. In, in, in all seriousness, um, yeah, I, I know "serious" is a weird word for you guys. It was just 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 bear with me. 
Um, it's a small goal. This is our second crowdfunding campaign. You know, we crowdfunded Mastering the Crucifix, uh, and we you know we delivered on everything on that. It was another small goal. We just needed a little bit of equipment to get uh, Matt Kirtley's first book out. So crowdfunding is a weird thing because there's a lot of big sell campaigns that have just kind of evaporated. You know, a lot of people have given up money, and the project just kind of falls apart and disappears, and nobody hears about it again. There's even been a few of those in the jiu-jitsu world, unfortunately. Um, and we're really proud to not be one of them. Everything that everything that we crowdfund, we deliver and try to make things very every everything very reasonable. Like everything we're asking for in terms of crowdfunding, and we try to make it very close to, to the retail value or better. Just trying to do the right thing by the community. You know what I mean? It's a it, it's a tricky thing for us, but we always want to try to do the right thing. And I, I felt that you were <clears throat> doing a, a, a nice sell of it because I did want to mention that you did have a previous. Uh, crowdfund and it went well and I think part of the reason why it went so well is because uh, all of you guys you know you and, and Kurtley you have not really good reputations but uh, you guys are consistently trying to do something that's new for the sport which is the most important aspect of the whole thing because it, it's easy to continue doing technique videos till day's end and I know that you can do those you've even done 3D versions of those so for, for you guys to be doing this is kind of like that next step of fun things that can exist outside of the jiu-jitsu we know. So I, I think that's great. I, I think uh, that you guys are putting it together and it's really smart and it's fun. Having said that, I started looking through some of your perks and they're not bad. I mean, Kevin, they're not bad, right? Not bad. It's not to say that they couldn't be improved. I'm, I'm all ears. I got a, I got a pen and pen and paper ready. Well, okay. I've got t- t- Scratch that pencil. We might have to erase some of these. I just don't know what's coming at, coming coming. First next, of all, I, I'm ready. <laughs> but uh, Kevin and I wanted to pitch a few at you, so uh, are, are you're good to take some of those down now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. I, I'm, I'm ready. All right, Kev. Uh, what was the first one you were going to pitch to Marshall in terms well, of what he can do? First of all, 350 be a character in the game. I think that should say any game. Right, like super easy. You just like I. You can submit outfits for Mortal Kombat. Um, that was suggestion one. I just wanted to make sure that was that was correct. Okay, that's good. Okay. Um, I wanted to pitch this to you because you said you can't draw. Well, me that makes me think, man, I would really like to see Marshall draw because yeah. if he says yeah. he can't, well, now I got to see it. Well, that's how you know and, it has effort, right, Raph? Like, yeah, exactly. When someone's like, I can't do that, so I should. Absolutely. So I feel like Marshall should have to maybe say at the – you got a 60 to 350 kind of uh, little buffer here. here. There's, there's a lot yeah. of range. It's like 300 yeah, yeah. bucks. So let's say for yeah. what, Kev? 200, two bills? Yeah. Marshall well, I mean, has to draw you a one-page graphic novel – about you or anything you're interested in gonna capture one page all of graphic it. novella maybe yeah 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 and so it also twenty dollars game plus white belt problems um why not for 25 offer game plus white belt problems plus white belt used uh and just send hmm. them a white belt of someone that was good as a white belt then you know Yo, that's a great idea it's like, hey, Gary Tonin, you got that white belt. You don't need it anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's just a $5. Come on. you. What were you going to do with it? Frame it? Here is $5. You can go get yourself a burger. 
you know, obviously not Manhattan, <laughs> but other places. That's how you <laughs> exchange rate with Gary. That most fighters, like, uh, really. yeah, that, that that feels like one of those weird vending machines in Japan where you get like underwear <laughs> that's been worn already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why that would that would appeal to you. Yeah, sure. Well, also, well, first of all, leading, but second of all, with Gary, you have to use the concept of that belt probably didn't see a lot of life. <clears throat> okay, okay, maybe not that. Okay, um, let's talk about this, Marshall. Uh, your favorite uh, TV show is what? Oh man, my favorite TV show. That's that's a hardball question. Are we talking now or ever? Let's say both. Oh man, so Scrubs is pretty awesome. I watched, right. uh, watched a lot of Scrubs. Okay. Yeah, okay. and I think, yeah, now Silicon Valley. Okay, okay. Those are two quality shows. And one, uh, Kevin does remarkable work on Silicon Valley. I'm not going to lie. But, um, oh wait, is that T.J. Miller? I think they're the same person. Anyway, uh, the important part about this is is that for the low cost of $500, in addition to all those other perks and the business sponsorship, Marshall will give you a one-hour call about either Scrubs or Silicon Valley. Your discretion. But just those two. I'm all over that. I mean, I would do that for free. 500 bucks easy no, for sure. No, shut up, Marshall. Don't tell them you'll do it for free. Nobody will take you up on that. There's Did I be tell you I'm really there. bad at business? Because it, it, no, it, that's starting <laughs> to come out in this call. <laughs> <laughs> no, Marshall. She'll, they'll do good things with the money. We promise people. Shh, Marshall, stop talking. Okay. All right. So, so Marshall's going there. Um, Marshall, you know the weirdest part about this? I'm looking through all of your, your different ideas here, okay? What's the name of the game again? Super Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Dojo Storm Championship Edition. Interesting. So the words Dojo Storm are in the title. And yet they are in there's the title. no effort to offer to Dojo Storm someone's academy. See, that, that's tough, man. That's another thing that I do for free on the weekends. You know, no, there's, God, uh, for the love of fucking. God. Well, listen, there's there's a lot of karate schools in the area. You know, there's all these kids that you know they think they're tough. They really <laughs> think that that, that they're fighters, and I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's a hard knock of life. They gotta they gotta learn what's up. So I hang outside of Chuck E. Cheese, and that's how it goes down. God, God, Marshall, for the love of God, uh, Kev, did you have another one for him? Uh, I'm not. I'm gonna. We're gonna go past the Chuck E. Cheese thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, it's kind of weird to say hang outside Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I would yeah, like should, to point out on. there is no <laughs> opportunity for you to read Cauliflower Chronicles, Mastering the Crucifix, or the Strategy Guide out loud to anyone. And you know, back to the aforementioned, people aren't reading. How convenient would it be if, like, Atos just rented you to read this to their new blue belts in competition school, just back and forth? I'm just throwing out, like, big-ticket school decisions. It's like, hire Marshall Garber to personally audiobook all of his 7,000 books he read in jiu-jitsu. So you mean, like, I get a call from, like, Andre or Keenan? And I mm-hmm. just kind of, like, Both. sit in their living room I mean, while Marshall. they got... They, yeah. they call you up and they do the old... <laughs> Good cop, bad cop, <laughs> and that's what they, they put you in the old corner, and it's like, hey, we'd really like your help. And then Keenan like bangs his hand down. He's like, God damn it, Marshall, we are going to do this, and that's how they kind of. This is exactly how it would go. It would be uh, Galvo going like, 
hey, it's Gavo. Just want you know the book. It's very good. <laughs> and then uh, Keenan will chime in and be like, yeah, hey, uh, Marshall, you're you're putting together a pretty good book. Um, but uh, let's be real. Uh, people want to hear Keenan read books, you know, because that'd be really interesting. So I think I should read it for you. And that's where you make your money. Keenan Cornelius reads Marshall Carper's The Chronicle, The Cauliflower Chronicles. Oh, God. Yeah. Track my last one. That one's better. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually not bad. I mean, I, I would do that. I would do that in, in a heartbeat. Um, would we also offer a, a Portuguese version or uh, a bad Portuguese accent? No, bad Portuguese is way better. I don't think you know this, but as I mentioned, in getting a new phone, I've had to teach it all of the bad Portuguese that my old phone knew. <laughs> and now, I, like, yeah, no, I know exactly. It's like Omoplata. What is what is this? <laughs> <laughs> but like, those are moves, so that kind of makes sense. But today, I tried uh, hashtagging Hispect, but it didn't work, and it was really angering me that it was like, no, not hashtag Respect. It's Hashtag Huspect. Come on. Yeah, that's uh, that's Apple still trying to protect the sanctity of the English language. And it's just not it's not working. It's not working. Give me your shit, Carper. It's crazy. He um, uses the word sanctity. Like, we know what that means. Oh, okay. Marshall, using well, words. Well, I said it out loud. Senses. You didn't have to read it. <laughs> I know, we got it. Marshall's been really, really brushing up on his spelling bees. Uh, at Marshall D. Carper on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and? Artichokemedia.com. And? Though I also still want to open up heart of com just to F with him, so let's keep that in the back pocket. Listen, listen, I've, I've been trying to find a way to get Artichoke Hearts in, in, like, involved in the business name somehow, like, because we have Artichoke in a can. And the artichoke hearts thing always just comes out real creepy. Like it's a, <laughs> I feel like it'd have to be like a, a dirty jujitsu magazine or something. Like I can't, I can't find any serious application for it. <laughs> well, you can also find uh, the Indigo campaign. Where, uh, where can they find that? Probably on your website, or where you else are you putting it? So you can uh, you can definitely check out artichokemedia.com for it. Um, Superdojostorm.com will also redirect you to our campaign. Sweet. Okay, so people, you guys want to uh, find that? Go ahead and donate, please, please. Uh, they're responsible with money, despite how uh, Marshall has been saying otherwise on the show. So they know what they're doing, and we'd love to see this thing come to fruition. But uh, Kev, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, before we let Marshall go, we have to have a few words with him. Yeah. About what specifically? I'm sure you're right. But... <laughs> I'm so glad that Kevin just blindly agrees to it without being like, "Yeah, we do." And we what is that need thing? To talk um, about something. Well, two things. You need to talk to him about something. Oh yes, I, I might owe him a certain video from a while back about losing UFC picks. Oh yeah. And I might have done some shooting just today in anticipation of this visit, and you've even sent Raph visible proof that it's happening. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. That was uh, a blast in the past. It is. So you should get ready for your Christmas cards to be filled with (laughs) cheer and excitement and a little confusion, Probably. probably some confusion from friends and family members some serious editing, uh, though. That's for this 2015 
uh, Marshall Carper, you will have the world's most mm, Christmas cards ever seen. I I cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait. And uh, well, that will do it for Kevin's comment. But mine is mine's a little more serious, Marshall. And uh, I hope you're on me. All right. What's this business about you starting a podcast? Oh, see, it's it's specifically not a podcast. No, um, no, no. We, Does it say we, the word podcast it, on it? It's the artichoke, not a show. See, it's right in the title. It's not even. It's not a show. So you don't need to feel threatened. And uh, first of all, let me make this very clear. It's not threatened. I don't feel threatened by you, Carver. First time hearing of it, I just feel you're just the sharp you have that you have that kind of that kind of tone in your voice. I have the tone that I give to every person who puts up a rival lesser podcast to ours. So, yes. Yes, I do have a tone, but not like, no, I'm scared, Marshall. It's more of a, how dare you, Marshall? Yeah. This is is not an easy game we got going on here, okay? When your friend pulls his glove out of his pocket, slaps it across your face, and challenges you to a duel, you know, it's that feeling, Mm -hmm. which is just normal. Yeah, I... I, I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like it's competition because ours is video, yours has that classic audio feel, you know. It's uh, I think I see what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, wow, wow. I, I mean, mean, like a retro '80s kind of feel, Marshall. That's, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just very, it's just very, 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 very golden age of media. Mm-hmm. You know, fireside chats, that whole that whole kind of thing. Well, to bring it yeah, circle, you, you guys, you the guys outsiders have that told me to stay gold, and I read it, Marcus. Wait. Ah, I'm fucking done. I'm done. I'm going to tell you this right here, right now, Marshall. You entered this podcast game. It's not just going to come from me. Paul Moran has cut people. He has stabbed other podcasts that have shown up out of thin air. This game is no joke, so I'm letting you know. This is your warning. You come in on this territory. You and those two other people who seem like wonderfully nice human beings. I'm not going to lie. They seem actually Whatever. upstanding. Uh, it's on. Tanya and Kate, the people he's doing the podcast with, whoever they are. I love it. Uh, that's amazing, actually. Um, but to return to the bit, well, Paul, uh, you know, me and Paul had a long <laughs> chat about it. Um, you know, so it's kind of like that, I'm that, that young buck gangster that shows up and there's all those old guys in the room and I'm like, it's time for a change. And I walk out and I'm making all kinds of deals behind the scenes. So me and Paul are cool. We got we got our own deal worked out. Our turf is taken care of. Um, we you know, I'm, I'm kicking him a kicking him a little bit of my uh, of my my web traffic business. That's a that's an analogy. If I was like I don't know running guns or something like whatever gangsters do. Yeah. yeah. Oh my Two points. That's Two right. points. Okay. Okay. Well, when he stabs you in the back with. Uh... What I think it was probably like a pen or an acai stick. I don't really know. One of the two. But uh, I, I'm just letting you know. But Paul's not the only one. I'm just saying there's a whole underground podcast layer you don't want to get involved with. No, listen. Uh, don't. I, I specifically said not a show because I don't want to have a beef with you guys. Uh, the inside BJJ guys are crazy. I don't want to have a beef with them. Um, I'm definitely trying to trying to trying to keep this keep this peaceful. Well, we will be watching, as will our audience. You guys can go catch Marshall's Not A Show show, which, <laughs> as a person who's worked in Hollywood, never heard that before. But where can they catch it? Uh, it's it's on YouTube, and you can also get it at com. Sweet. 
artichokemedia.com. Marshall, we always appreciate it when you swing by. Ladies and gentlemen, Marshall. No, it's always a blast, guys. I appreciate it. D Carp. things that we have to do as part of our community service here on the show is to talk a little bit about the submission tournaments and events that are going on not just on american soil so you say far away one so you say we have to do it on all corners of the globe every one of them yes 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 it's uh it's helping people understand uh, it's like a geography lesson, if you would, because let's face it, not everybody knows where other places are. Uh, for Boy. example, our next guest, yeah. he is uh, putting on submission series, uh, a series of jiu-jitsu events and tournaments that uh, take place in Nova Scotia, which I'm Never told, heard of it. Kevin, not a real place. is somewhere in the Canada, which oh, uh, I believe I was so. once called America Junior. Oh, that's fascinating. Is, is that I actually true? didn't is know that, that last little fact. Yeah, America Junior. Uh, so anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give a nice welcome to our good friend, Adam Frazier. Adam, how are you doing, man? Hey, guys. What's up? Not much. Um, so let's get all the uh, Canadian jokes out of the way. Um, <laughs> what are you or should I say about? out of the A? Um, <laughs> you, you do me a favor and just say the word about. About. How's that? <laughs> that was so strained. <laughs> I just I love the amount of strain you can hear in the voice of Al Ball. You sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger with the up and at them. Uh, now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Um, and your your event is called Submission Series. Am I missing that? No, you got to bang on. Submission Series Pro is our uh, official company name, but. Uh... Yeah, so we've been uh, up and running for about a year in, uh, as you say, a uh, place called Nova Scotia in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not all live in igloos, but uh, was a great deal of snow this winter. Crazy. Thousands and thousands <laughs> of feet just seemed all, went on all the winter long. Anyway, so we got some, uh, some uh, submission jiu-jitsu events happening. Uh, we had one uh, in January of this year past. And uh, we've got a couple more of them planned across Canada uh, over the coming year. And hopefully we're going to expand into the United States uh, in the new year. That's great. And I I have to follow up by asking you this because, you know, Kevin is a huge fan of Nogi season. But I feel that where you guys are so cold that do you welcome the gi more than others? Because that seems (laughs) more Yeah, no summer weight geese here, guys. Everybody's uh, fully bundled up, right? Three belts. And, uh... <laughs> Do they wear more than one gi when they're rolling? No, but it's Just very, very common like... <laughs> for guys to wear a rash guard and the spats under their gi. So, <laughs> Just so you know. Really? like as a, Not as a statement on how in shape they are, like they do it here in the U.S., but they're like, yeah. that's how I get down. Okay. Nothing, nothing to do with being buff, no. Okay, you guys are taking a little bit of a step forward too, because I at least know. Um, and I, right as Raph was talking about, you know, we were chatting about having you guys on the podcast. I also saw the Michael Lear Jr. was fighting for you guys yeah. coming up very yeah. shortly. 
uh, which is the June 20th, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. June 20th in Halifax. Uh, we're going to have a free live stream. So anybody who's outside of the, uh, the catchment area there can uh, watch it on the internet. And uh, yeah, we've got the uh, Air Junior is going to fight uh, Marcos Tinoco from Marcelo Garcia's in New York. And uh, we're going to fly both those guys in to headline our card. Super excited. It's going to be a war. How did you guys yeah. get them specifically together? What was it that interested you about seeing them put together a match? You know, the, I guess the, the kind of the background of this is we're always throwing around ideas about different ways we can promote jiu-jitsu. And uh, we're always thinking of this east versus west and, you know, just trying to find different spins on, uh, you know, just to kind of make it interesting for the people in the jiu-jitsu community, right? You see tons of matches. They did that right? with hip-hop, too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, Tupac <laughs> and Biggie. Yeah. yeah. We've seen yeah. this before. Adam, we know where you're bringing this from. Kevin, where are your uh, manners? He is Canadian. He doesn't know what rap is. How dare you? They're stealing our turf wars <laughs> genre. Rap, that's not okay. You know how long we've to worked to cultivate that? Region of uh, North America. Yeah, no rap up here. Just bagpipes and uh, <laughs> all good. So, that, I mean, that's really, that's kind of where our head was. And, uh, you know, who, who's the big school on the West Coast? Right, Atos, so yeah, and who's yeah. on the East Coast, yeah. right? And another, I mean, we had uh, Jonathan Satava come up and uh, headline our first card. He fought uh, Kyle Sanford, uh, Renzo Gracie black belt out of Halifax, and uh, I mean, just being somebody who was, I got, I got to sit in the audience of the first, and we we have our, all our shows in like a Broadway, a Broadway style theater, so it's a bit of a different, uh, a different way to watch jujitsu, and being somebody who's been at, you know hundreds of competitions and watch things, you know, it, it gets kind of dull. You sit there all day long, you're watching the same guys you've seen fight before. This is a whole new way to see jujitsu. And myself sitting in the audience watching at that first event, it was like, this is amazing. This, this, we have to share this. So that's kind of where it came from. Absolutely. And what can we expect from, talk to us about some of the other fights. Yeah. Yeah. So we got, uh, oh, in terms of, you know, the local, guys that we've got on the card here Our yeah, coach, which i like because uh, you were talking to us that's a big that's important to you guys to promote yeah Canadian yeah yeah so, I mean, grappling yeah yeah no kidding i think the you know the big thing is that we want to be able to give these um up and coming hungry guys uh you know at brown and purple uh you know an opportunity even at black belt an opportunity to to test themselves against some of the best in the world and i mean that's that's really always been the the driving idea behind the promotion is how can we get people to come and watch their local heroes, uh, you know, match up their skills against some of the, you know, the best grapplers in the world. And uh, we've really got an opportunity to do that. I think in Halifax here coming up, the card is uh, we've got, I think at this point, we've got four guys coming in from Atos. Um, and like you said, I mean, some of the names are, you know what, these guys are, uh, are, big, are a big deal. Uh, we've got uh, Josh Hinger, who's uh, going to come in and fight uh, Jared McIntosh. He's uh, actually Cat and I's coach. He's a black belt here, Henzo Gracie black belt. Um, and you guys know who Josh Hinger is. Just uh, Of course we do. But yeah. Hold yeah. on. I didn't know he was fighting your instructor. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Let's cool take play. a moment for that. Um, That's awesome. Can we expect some... Uh, <laughs> WWE antics where things aren't going well for your instructor. There's just kind of a foreign object that happens to take Josh out because I know Josh. I like him. He's a good yeah, guy. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, super I've susceptible to a wrestling. steel chair. 
in yeah. my time to know <laughs> never to trust the authority in charge. Right. right. We're going to have completely impartial refs, so no worries. Mm, okay. I'm, I, I will be watching my stream very suspiciously with one eye open and one eye slightly closed. That's amazing, though. So yeah, uh, yeah. what was it that you were – when you're looking to, to put up an event for your own instructor – I have never done this. I don't know that I will. Yeah, yeah. What are you looking for to take on your own instructor and how does that process go when you're saying like, hey, you want to fight? I thought, you know – you're not so good at the inverted guard, but this guy, I mean, you're great at a lot of things, but like this guy's really good at that. Let's see what that looks like. How does that go? Yeah. Bringing the best guy in the world, an inverted guard. Yeah. No, I get you. <laughs> no, completely. Listen, I mean, the, the, in terms of the, the, uh, the jiu-jitsu community in, in Nova Scotia, in Nova Scotia, in the Maritimes generally, which is the, you know, we refer to the whole East coast of Canada as the Maritimes. Basically, there's so few black belts and so few guys at that really high level that, you know, it's pretty limited. And who so we want to be able to put people in the seats. We want them to come out, see their guy that they've, you know, they spent a lifetime here in a boat and watching in competition and just really see how he does, you know, like we said, against somebody that's one of the biggest names in the world at the moment. Which is so damn cool. I like that idea, too. And uh, talk to me about the format. How long... Yeah, submission yeah. grappling, so it's submission only, presumably heel hooks. Like, what do we got? Because it's in gi too, so I'm curious. Yeah, we got a we got a mix match, uh, mismatch, a sort of a mishmash of uh, gi and no gi matches, and we're following uh, IBJJF black belt rules. So basically, with 15 minutes, um, anything goes within that rule set. Um, you know, those basically the guys go to war, and in our first event, it was. You know, from somebody watching it for the first time like that, it was it was absolutely seeing jiu-jitsu in a whole new way. It was not something you're going to see, uh, you know, at a tournament or anything like that. It was it was absolutely incredible. On the stage, spotlights on them, and it's totally intense for the guys fighting. I mean, there's no question that, uh, you know, it added a bit of stress. It's everybody in that place, you know, four or 500 people, all eyes on them. And I mean, everything is on the line. It's, it's incredibly, it's really powerful. It's great. Got me all excited now about it. So, <laughs> now I'm like stoked. Is it? And considering uh, and, that you guys are going ahead and doing other events, what is it that you guys are looking for for those participants? Like, what are you looking? What is the thing that's really uh, like? If you're a competitor, what is it that you feel that you're looking for at your tournaments as opposed to maybe anybody else's? You know, I, I think the big the big part of it, just because we're a bit of a grassroots getting going at this point and we're we're trying to get our name out there and get the name recognition going and that kind of thing, people who have a big, um, you know, have a good social media presence, I think that's a big part of it. Also, you know, have a good stacked resume in terms of wins at their local level, even international. Um, you know, and then I guess the other thing is we just, they don't, you know, we're not, all, we're not all about black belt. We're definitely want to give these up and coming guys. And then really in Canada, there's, uh, you know, the, the community is so small that some of the really best guys are still at that level at that purple and brown and just getting into black. So we want to be able to offer, you know, offer up an opportunity to those guys to get their name out there, uh, prove themselves. And really it's kind of like a David versus Goliath thing because, you bring in these really high-level black belts and these guys who competed at, in the world stage and bring them into these, you know, the small towns, the smaller communities, and they go up against these guys. Who's, who's got the most to lose there, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and so that that's the hook, right? I mean, and it's it's powerful. Everybody who's you know everybody who's seen our events has just been floored. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so sick, man. And Kev, what is it that you think? Because he's obviously not going to say a bad thing about other tournaments because <laughs> obviously Canadian polite. So what's something that we can say that you're going to see here that you're not going to see on any other tournament, Kev? Uh, you're going to see them have enough time to really strategize positions. You're not going to see people waste a lot of time doing uh, 50-50 transitions that don't set up submission. That's what I think you're going to see that will be nice and in contrast. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I think uh, no advantage point decisions. I don't know. That's right. Uh, Everybody who watches is going to be sent free acai. Uh, Granted, (laughs) you you have to go uh, to Nova Scotia to get your free acai. Uh, yeah, but once you're in Nova Scotia, later. you can eat it anywhere. They're not going to sequester you to a certain part of Nova Scotia. <laughs> That's right. There's no acai jail in Nova Scotia. It's outlawed. Um, That's, little... That's so. So you've you've got that guy. You've got that coming up. Uh, what is it? So where can people find it? And uh, where are where can people get all of the information they want to about this event? Yeah, you got. We got a page on Facebook. You can check us out there. Submission Series Pro. And uh, you can also check out our website, uh, www.submissionseriespro.ca. Very good to that. He's got it nice and memorized too, Raph. That's good. (laughs) I'm actually staring at the website. Uh, I'm looking forward to the point where I will be able to stream this thing because I'm a streamer out here on the East Coast. Awesome. Um, So my... My hopes are I've got strong tuitions because I'd like to see these matches because you've kind of got yeah. me into it. It's like I love the idea of like these sort of like barnstormer type shows, especially uh, as you're bringing in grappling. And yeah, yeah, it's cool for people like Atos and people like the locals alike. I like this a lot. So we're yeah. big supporters of what you're doing and we wish awesome. you the best of luck. Uh, I really appreciate it, guys. Submission Series Pro. Forgive them for being Canadian. That just happens to be where they started training jujitsu. Uh, and forgive us for being from wherever we are. Lord knows. That's, that goes both ways. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for swinging by the podcast this evening. Yeah, no worries. Thanks a lot, guys. Mildly popular demand, of course. Travis T. Money, Connolly from Underground Gym, also a fighter on the jiu-jitsu scene, out of KCBJJ, which is still, I love training there. It's such a fun place. Uh, Last time, the door was shattered because someone had kind of just gone through it almost a little bit, (laughs) and they just boarded it up and kept training. It was December (laughs) and 10 degrees outside. I still cover it up. Travis, how are you doing this evening? Doing fantastic. I love uh, I love the shattered glass that that was imprinted into your mind because it, it. I mean, that, that's how it goes. I mean, what do you what are you going to do? You board it up and you, you keep training. Yeah, and there was also a well, warning. They were I like, "Hey, a few things you you could do. Um, <laughs> stop. 
Raph, I uh, swear to fuck, they said avoid that corner. There still might be some glass on the map. Which <laughs> <laughs> is just good stuff. Uh, Travis, you've uh, still been fighting that jiu-jitsu sport with the uh, the competitive angle I've seen. Yeah, of course. Just got done with the Worlds, and, and uh, two weeks before that, I was in Kazakhstan for uh, USA Sambo, competed on the U.S. team out there, and got shit pounded by some <laughs> of the best, you know, Sambo yeah. players in the world. So, no always, shit. always gunning what? for it. You compete high level jujitsu all the time, gi, no gi. What? How do you differently yeah. train when you're trying to sambo it? Um, like, wh- what did you see? I guess we know you train for everything, but what did you see difference competition wise? Well, it's the difference is um, just the the tempo and just the rules. Like, it's hard to explain exactly how different it is because it's very similar, but you have to train like. For example, like to, to hit an armbar in 10 seconds or five seconds, you have to constantly show progress. So jujitsu is more chess, more, um, you know, almost like a, like a boa constrictor. It's, it's, a, it's a slow, like, you know, agonizing death and chess match, you know, if you will. Sambo is much quicker. Like if you don't, if you can't hit that armbar in five seconds, if you don't show continuous progress, boom, you're standing up. So you have to train like differently in that regard. And to be honest with you, I, I, I'm just now realizing this. Like, you can't go in and wing it and just call it in the ring and, uh, you know, <laughs> do some zombo. Like, like you gotta, you got to properly prepare. And, and there's a reason why, like, the whole Western Hemisphere in the world, like, there's not really any good zombo, if I'm going to be honest with you. It's all, you know, Eastern Europe, Central Asia. Like, that's where it's at. It'd be like, it'd be like going down to Brazil and – like training for like a year and then like entering as a black belt at nationals and trying to, you know, do some damage. It's like the equivalent. So yeah, but I love it. Was, it was a, uh, still it was did, a rude awakening. Yeah. This was like, what you're describing is what you did. You kind of picked up yeah. Sambo as an emergency because we needed a fighter. We needed somebody to go do it. And then you yeah, they, like, qualified. Called, they, they called me <laughs> in, in like, like a week and they're like, Travis, we need you in Kazakhstan. And I'm like, who is this? What, what? Like, and then a week later <laughs> I have my itinerary and, and I'm going and I'm just probably because I'm, you know, crazy enough to go do it. And, you know, you like, they the know, I, you know, yeah. It. So, yeah. But Travis, Hot when they call you using top. that accent, aren't you afraid it's like some sort of weird evil villain from a Bruce Willis movie? You're not fifty-fifty on taking the flight. Yeah, he Hans Gru- Gruber was was German, <laughs> I believe. So he was definitely German. I don't know if I was, I, I know if I was doing a German accent. I was shooting for more of a Russian accent because the guys at USA Sambo <laughs> that called me have more of a Russian accent. And I may not have hit that, but <laughs> so, some weird Russian called me and said I, I was needed in Kazakhstan. And I'm like, who is this? It was the guy I hadn't dealt with before. So once That's I figured awesome. it out, I was like, okay. <laughs> they there. just need me to grapple. They need me to fight. Normal stuff. Yeah. Hey, that's what we need you here for tonight, if I'm correct, Raph. I'm the go-to yes. guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, And I'm wearing the Sambo uniform, so I presume he is, too. Yes, of course he is. So, you know, we, we brought you in, as Kevin mentioned. We need a fighter because uh, we we have these UFC picks, you know, that just – 
don't do them themselves. Like, they don't guess themselves. So that means that we need to have Kevin be challenged by somebody who can take him on and has beaten him mentally and physically. Yeah, well, we yeah. have trained, if that's what you're hinting at. And yes, he did. Yeah. I guess you would say he won by advantage. Uh, it's not... <laughs> who, who was keeping score for him? I don't remember on. anyone keeping score, but... <laughs> <laughs> Probably just an advantage. Just an advantage. You, you get, know, it was that. There's no, there's no advantages for neon face though. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> That's that might be true. No, no. Just, so you uh, might have tied all together. I guess is what we're really it felt at. like a tie. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a tie then. How well, I guess 42, the reason why it's... 42 like... knees on face. <laughs> zero points. And I think I tap too quick that it doesn't count. So you get to keep rolling, mm. which is nice. That's a good mulligan rule. Did you did you tap three times too quickly? Because if you tap really quickly, it's just one. And technically, you yeah. really need three. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, obviously. I wasn't okay, going to tap four. I'm not an asshole. I was just going to tap enough that it doesn't count. I know the rules. Thank you. Well, now that we have Travis on, I think it's time that we play another installment of Over Under Kevin. And now it's time for the thrilling installment of Over Under Kevin. Just gets that echo, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Yep, yep, yeah, I love it. Travis actually enjoyed <laughs> the play on music that we had here. <laughs> we we can be legit sometimes. Uh, so Travis, here's the way how this game works. And if you're new to listening to this podcast, I'll go over it. It's very easy. Each participant gets 15 seconds to say who they think will win at this weekend's UFC 188. Then if I so feel like it, they will get 15 seconds of rebuttal time. And uh, basically, it's uh, best out of – it looks like we've got 12 fights here, and there will be tiebreakers if we need them, which let's be reasonable. Most people don't need tiebreakers with Kevin. But oh. if we do so need them, they will be fight of the night and performances of the night if they are so guessed accurately. Um, Travis, do you understand these rules? Does this all make sense to you? Yes. Good. <laughs> so it's like I went on to important things in my head, but sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Sure. I mean, maybe you're in his head, though, Kev. Maybe maybe he's I'm a little afraid of you. Because maybe oh, this is your home court advantage. That's the case. Yeah, he's pretty nervous. I can tell. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me calm my heart rate down and sit down. <laughs> Thanks, <for a> <laughs> yeah. Sniper <laughs> tactics here, Travis. Let's stay composed. <laughs> All right. Uh, any final words to each other? Kevin, do you have any words of wisdom that you would like to impart to Travis? Um, I mean, fortunately, we're both products of the same high school, so I know he's not a quicker reader than I am. Uh, I know that I have a chance here just at the soulness of, you know, I'm staring at the fight card. I'm staring mm. at it. Any response from I'm, you, Travis? Yeah, I'm staring at a blank wall, and I'll still do better, so. <laughs> well, well. Let's make this happen then. Uh, gentlemen, remember, protect yourselves at all times and to keep this a dirty fight. Let's go to our very first fight. Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is a women's strawmate fight between Tisha Torres and Angela Hill. You got 15 on the clock, go. Yeah, first of all, Tisha Torres's nickname is the Tiny Tornado. As a Kansan, offense said her, you said her taken. Name wrong already. Well, offense taken, Travis. I'm not voting for anyone with the tornado in their title. I'm going with Angela Overkill Hill. All right. Let's go to Travis. You got 15 on the clock. Although, 
Should I take a few seconds off because he jumped into Kevin's time? I'm telling you. The tornado nah, is way into it. mine. Let's go to Travis. 15 on the clock. Go. Well, I will pick Keisha Torres, not Teresa or, or whatever Kevin said. <laughs> okay. Is there any particular reason you're going to pick her? Uh, she's Her wrestling is, is better, and she's a, she's a stronger fighter. Okay. Um, I, I've okay. seen her before, so she's you know she's gonna take it, and that's that's just really embarrassing if you have the fight card in front of you and you still pronounce her name wrong. Fifteen on the clock, Kevin. Your response. Uh, first of all, I can't believe he's just gonna glide past the insensitivity towards our home state of Kansas with the tiny tornado. Second of all, yeah, I might have pronounced her name incorrectly. That that's gonna happen. <laughs> She is from the USA, so it's hard to tell how to pronounce it. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I think that's as good a reason as any. Travis, we're going to start off with you on this one. It is a flyweight match, and it's between Chico Camus and Henry Cejudo. You've got 15. Go. Henry Cejudo, Olympic cha- youngest Olympic champion in U.S. history, as enough said. Okay, six, five, four. All right, I guess he's done. Uh, Kev, you got 15 on the clock. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not fighting at the Olympics, Travis. Uh, Chico Camus, the king. Big upset in this one, but 15 and five. I like it over the uh, up-and-comer Cejudo. And I would just like to remind everyone it's an MMA match, not the Olympics. Boom. Boom. Look out. Travis? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I knew it was not the Olympics that he's that he's training MMA and he's in MMA. Having an Olympic champion holds weight in everything else you do. So, mm. 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 Kev, you know you've made mistakes before on this show overlooking somebody's wrestling. Do you feel you're doing that here again? No, come on. Uh, study a real martial art. Say who no. I mean, let's just go on. Wow. Don't joke, crap. Wow. wow. No one submits because you got wrestled. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I just. Please send all hate mail to Phillips Kevin One on the Twitter and not Verbal Tap Cast because that is the opinion of one of us, the dumb one, not me. <sighs> Travis, I have to ask you this, though. Before we go any further, uh, you're looking at this fight. You're, you're talking about Henry. He's had trouble making weight before and multiple times. Do you think that's something that you overlook easily? I mean, obviously, he's got a great wrestling background. But, uh, yeah, is that is he taking this whole UFC run seriously enough? Or, I don't know, do you see any perspective that we don't? No, not really. I didn't know he was having trouble making weight. I honestly didn't know that, but if anything, I mean, he's going to decide to move up a weight class and he'll still do fine. Um, he's probably just coming from being a wrestler. He's probably just not, he's probably just in the, the wrong weight class and he's going to figure it out soon enough because you know that he's doing proper cuts and proper training and everything with that discipline. So, so um, I don't know if he, if he misses weight, they'll just find his purse and, and you know, that's that. But, so. Raph, Travis, if he's not on the right nutrition plan, may I suggest he go <laughs> to the underground gym uh, yeah. where he'll get personalized nutrition plans, workout, and everything he needs to achieve his fitness goals. Just... Yeah, that's, that's correct, Henry, if you're listening. <laughs> 
I don't I would know like to take fall. a moment to go ahead and say that Travis, you definitely have one advantage over every other person who's played this game, which is Kevin's never stopped in the middle of the game to plug someone else's stuff that he is competing <laughs> against. Uh, so he is, at the very least, is just remembering his role with you and is just terrified. Yeah, I so like that it. many gyms to kind of train kind at. Of cheap you know? plug. Yeah. No such thing as a cheap plug on this show. They're all expensive. Let's go to our next one. Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this one. It's a bantamweight fight between Alejandro Perez and Patrick Williams. Go. Uh, This is easy because I can see that Patrick Williams has the better abs. And the guy with the most abs usually wins the fight. Patrick Williams. Okay. Let's go over to Travis. Um, I'm not familiar with either one of these fighters is I assume Patrick Williams. That's a very American name, correct? Yes, correct. Versus Alejandro Perez, which I would never vote for that name, uh, is from Mexico. Based based on that fact alone, let's go with America. Patrick Williams. (laughs) Patrick Williams. Let's also give a nice shout out to our buddy Alejandro Perez, who's definitely (laughs) listening in. Uh, Same name. I would never – I've seen the fight prowess of that namesake and I'm not impressed. I'm going to go back over to uh, Travis for a second. You know, um, Kevin likes to pick people with great abs on this show. Um, sometimes as his fighting pick, sometimes for other reasons. Because uh, Can works. you give us a little bit of insight into Kevin since you've known him since high school and his fascination with uh, other dudes' abs? I, you know, I can't really respond to that. It's, it could be a matter of sexual preference, or it could just be something that's developed over the years. I'm not, I'm not certain what what that means. I mean, maybe he just likes, you know, a washboard stomach full of abs mm. that, that you know is glistening underneath the lights. I don't know. Absolutely, Kevin. Your response. He's not wrong. I'm sorry. I got distracted when he said glistening under the lights. I was trying to stay focused up until that point. But Can I say, Raph, once you find a method that works, you stick with it. Um, you you haven't found that that works, though. But, <laughs> like, this doesn't work for you. You're just doing it for your own. Nah, either, neither here nor there. Let's go to our next fight. It's a lightweight fight. Travis, you're going to do this one for us. It's Francisco Trevino versus Johnny Case. Go familiar with either one of these fighters um i'm not ashamed either so i apologize but um let's go with with number two the, the latter case francisco case yeah johnny case you just combined their names but that's fine kevin you're up now he's one g away from being my most hated character on mortal Kombat, so i can't go with johnny hollywood case i gotta go with francisco trevino and his, I swear his nickname is Sit Cayenne, but that kind of sounds like, you know, Francisco Shitkan Trivino. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, no, Travis, his, go ahead. No, his nickname should be San Francisco. Like, you gotta, you know. Oh. Anybody with the name. <laughs> Say, yeah, I'll, we'll write that in the suggestion margin on the UFC website. Yeah. I'll put it right here. Yeah, please Travis, I was intrigued him. to ask you this, though. Uh, you know, Kev was just famously downing Johnny Cage. What is the beef against Johnny Cage? He was one of the more agile users that you could use. He was the one that came with the, one of the fireballs, I thought, on the game. Yeah, but I think the 
the hatred probably comes. He's like a Bruce Lee knockoff. Yeah. So mm. I mean, that, that's probably why. Yeah, I prefer authentic. Plus, mm. if you watch the movie, he just really pissed me off. That's why. Why is that, Kevin? I'm going to give you 15 seconds to talk about that. Because he was an unlikable whiner. Like, he didn't have any of the machismo that you would expect from, like, a big, bulky, younger police officer. And he just kind of had this older, retired feel to it. And I wasn't into, like, the Don Johnson casting. I wanted someone, you know, more reflective. Okay, first of all, the casting was really good. And second of all, these are the same criticisms that people talk to me about you. So, Well, they're accurate on both fronts. Next fight. Okay. Next fight, indeed. Yeah, Let's go on. to a. F- you guys are uh-huh. talking about the merits, the the merit of the movie Mortal Kombat. Uh, I was knocking it. Raph was defending its casting. If we're just being super go specific. I yeah, I just I I was kind of lost because I don't. I think I've seen parts of that movie, and it's 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 absolutely terrible. So it is terrible. It's a terrible. Uh, well, you're opinion of it is terrible if we're being frank i mean mortal kombat is a american movie classic i know because i've seen it on american movie classics otherwise known as amc wasn't wasn't sonia the the girl that played the hot teacher in billy madison she yes. absolutely was yeah yeah she looked like yeah, an 80s jazzercise go. instructor yeah i was about to say i don't know if yeah. you're making your case or hurting it at this point um Yep. All right. I'm, I'm just gonna trying, let him I'm think trying to clarify. Just go ahead and move on. I, I will move on. I don't need your permission, but thank you very much, Travis. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know how to moderate just... your own debates, but that's fine. Yeah. Just Let's go to our fight. next fight. It is a featherweight fight, and Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this one between Gabriel Benitez and Clay Collard. Go. More specifically, I'm. It feels like there are no normal sized people fighting on this. Everyone's a bantam weight or a disappearing weight, and the made of rubber weight where they don't break each other. Um, this is easy. We've got Gabriel Mogli Benitez versus Clay Cassius Collard. I'm choosing America Clay Collard. Okay, uh, Travis, you got 15. Go. I'm going to pick uh, Gabriel just because. I don't like, I don't like Kevin's pick. I just want to go against him. <laughs> uh, so history mean. shows a successful strategy. History That's would so dictate. I'd like to take this moment for no reason other than the UFC just texted me that right now they are having a post-fight press conference from New Orleans. So there's that. Congratulations, UFC. Why? It's a little late, guys. It's a little late, but I love that they took a while to get to that phone. No big deal, guys. Let's go. Oh shit! We forgot to send the message. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's do this. Um, You both got in your picks on that one. Let's just go to our next fight, which is a lightweight match between Gilbert Melendez and Eddie Alvarez. And Travis, you'll lead us off on this one. Fifteen seconds go. Eddie Alvarez, um, he was tearing it up in Bellator. Uh, excited to see him in the UFC. Not a big fan of Gilbert Melendez and his camp. Uh, just, just not a fan of of that style and how they train and their uh, their culture. So, Eddie America. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kev. 
despite what the last name would suggest, both USA fighters. Gilbert Melendez needs this one, so I'm going with the backed-into-a-wall theory that he's going to attack like an animal that's backed into a corner. Not backed into a wall. I think you guys understood. I think so. Uh, You know, Travis, you were talking a little bit about how you didn't like his camp. What exactly about his camp is it that you don't like? I just – the whole season are great. Like, I don't know. Nick Diaz and Jake Shields and all of them. I just, they, uh, like Melendez was the one that started that huge post-fight brawl at strike. Well, it was actually Mayhem Miller, but like, remember that when Melendez was on CBS mm-hmm. and they started this huge brawl and Melendez was at the heart of that. Just like, I don't know. He, he jumped in and like instigated like that whole thing after, you know, Mayhem started running his mouth but, Sure, but Kev, what do you think is Travis's beef against the 209? I mean, first of all, they're hard to understand, so it would be nice if they were just what are you a little talking clearer about, about, we like, talk like this, it's really easy to understand what we're talking about. And every time we're like, well, okay, so why do you guys like miss weight and you're kind of dickish at press events? We're just like, it's the 209. It's like, well, okay, yeah, but you guys have had cameras in California, right? Like. So maybe you guys could just be a little bit nice because it's also a sport. So it's like a little bit of that aspect to it. That's just a suggestion. I don't know. Maybe I don't mean to speak for all of us, but fuck your that's scale, pretty, man. That's, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty accurate. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And Caesar Gracie, he's, he's not even a great like that's. He's not even a Gracie, and he's just going by that like that's weird. I don't know. And then he's just like, oh, he's. Got a social. He's got a social problem. Social anxiety. Okay. Well, you can still do normal adult interaction and functions. <laughs> okay. So why does his social anxiety keep him from getting on a fucking plane on time? What is that a different social yeah. anxiety? Which anxiety is that? No, that plane is straight up scared of me. Is that plane anxiety? Like, what is? Which one is that? No, no, the plane. The plane's like straight up scared of me. You know what I'm saying, yo? Because like I got on it, it was like, "What up, bitch?" And I was like, "What up, bitch?" And then it like ran away. So that plane was scared of me. You know. So anyway, uh, all right. Well, we know how both of you clearly feel about the two of them. Let's go to our next fight. Uh, Travis, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is Augusto Montano versus Cajal Pendred. Gosh, I don't. I don't know either of those. I don't care. You um, for sure aren't going to want to pick Augusto Montano, a.k.a. the Dodger. The... He has pink hair, kind of. It's like a reddish pink hair. Kevin, are yeah, you trying uh, to I... influence his ideas of who he's picking? Maybe. Maybe I'm trying to get in his head. I want him to think about like the physical aesthetics of who he's what, picking. Uh, can I ask what countries are they from? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Absolutely. Cajal's from Ireland. Quick. Augusto Montano, Dodgers from Mexico. Okay, let's go with the Irish, of course. Cool. In reference to your earlier comment, Kevin, like maybe this is the Olympics. I need to know countries. (laughs) (laughs) You you may only come away with one thing from this entire preview. But it's that Travis is going to support any American, and then depending on where you're from elsewhere, uh, maybe, maybe. But you got to be one of those good countries we like. Kev, um, where are you on this? Uh, if, if I'm going based on abs, which I'm not, but Cajal 
the former tough guy letting the hands go. I like Cajal to win this fight. I think they set him up to win an easy one. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. You know, if you can't really know who these two people are, I'm just going to ask Travis to tell us something embarrassing about Kevin in 15 seconds. Wait, what? The next two people are those two people. I already said no, I, no, I don't no, no, know no. who those two people are. I know. There's no reason to give you a time to rebuke anything Kevin said, so I just said 15 seconds. Make fun of Kevin. Go. No. Oh, I, I kind of stopped listening to him. I was getting bored with what he was saying. <laughs> Most people do. Most people do. All right, that's good enough. Let's go to our next fight. It is a lightweight fight. Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is between Efrain Esquerdo versus Drew Dober. Go. Oh, I'm just, I'm so fucking tired of picking one of these fighters and picking it wrong. So I'm just going to finally take Efren. I'm sticking with Efren. You know, congrats to Drew Dober probably on the potential victory. Efren Esquerdo. Wait, did you just intentionally throw your pick to wish Drew Dober better? I did something in the way of a reverse jinx top jinx. But what if we find out that your reverse jinx is actually worse for Drew? Well, that would really fucking suck. All right. We'll come to that when we need to. Travis, you got 15 on the clock. Go. I'm going to pick Drew Dober. He's from, uh, he's a Midwest guy uh, from Omaha. He got got screwed over in that last fight, but I think they reversed into a no contest. They did. Uh, so I'm going to go with him. That'll be, that'll be a good fight. Uh, uh, Ephraim, he's a, he's a, he's scrappy, legit. So he's also, a good fight, but you've, I'm hoping to draw a little tension when Drew Dober comes back by the podcast ref. That was what I was like. Oh, you're drawing Ultimately. tension. Yeah. That way, if I pick Ephraim and Drew wins, he can come on and mm-hmm. yell at me. But if I was correct, I want to be able to be like, Drew, I'm tired of knowing you so well. So it's win-win for me. I think he – Kev, I, I mean, uh, I'm just going to level with you. I think he can kick your ass. I don't – like, I think it would go really bad. So I don't think you want to piss off Drew. At like, he's a friend of the podcast pounds, right now. Can't I just hold his head at bay and he'll just swing? Isn't that how it works? I think the record is very, very well versed at 135ers who have given Kevin a problem, but we won't really harp on that. Uh, All right, that's good. We've got those picks. Guys, I'm happy to get to this middleweight fight because I think you know both of them. And we're going to start with Travis on this one. Travis, you're going to tell us who you think is going to win in a middleweight fight between Kevin, Kelvin Gastelum and Nate Marquardt. Uh, Nate Marquardt. Um... I love TRT. Go Nate Marquardt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Kev, you got 15. Kelvin, tough 17. You know I only pick people from tough 17. That's my rule. Ultimate fighter champ, coming off his first real little stroke of adversity. I like him in this fight over Nate, the uh, super old, great Marquardt. (laughs) <laughs> That's a terrible name. Nate, whoever told Nate, like, the great in years, Marquardt would be good. Mm, terrible, terrible name. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, you know, Travis, uh, if you were to give him a name, do you have a a backup nickname that you throw his way? Maybe that would help him a little bit. Oh 
oh gosh, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't call him something just because it rhymes with his first name. That's not, uh, you know, that's not a winning formula all the time. So, okay, so you wouldn't call him like E Train. Yeah, that E Train would would be better. Mm. Mm. Kev, do you have any suggestions here? Um, like maybe the the quartz. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> so let's go with no, I don't. I wish I could take that one. What, 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 how about like Nate Seal Your Fate Marquardt, you know? like something. Oh, that's not bad. Something Nate like Seal that, Your Fate's you know? good. It's not bad. All right, we'll go with that one. Uh, Kev, you're going to lead us off on this next one. It is a featherweight right. bout between Yer Rodriguez and Charles Rosa. Oh, yeah, someone should uh, check Charles Rosa's the air in his gloves because his nickname is Boston Strong. I'm going to go with Yer Rodriguez because they play by the rules in Mexico. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Travis on that 15. Okay, what, uh, can I ask what country each of these fellows is from? Yeah. Yair is from Mexico. Charles Boston Strong Rosa is from the U.S. of A. If you count Boston in the USA, I do count Boston in the USA, so I'm going with him. Agree to disagree. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough, guys. Let's go to our next fight. Uh, let's have Travis lead us off on this one. It is Albert Tumenov versus Andrew Todd Hunter. Which, by the way. Todd Hunter <laughs> is my favorite name on this entire Andrew list of names. Todd Hunter. Yeah. Yep. It sounds like a name that you took as a kid. <laughs> Country like, unknown, Travis. Country unknown. But he's fighting Albert Trumanov, who's from Russia. It sounds like yeah, a name that you say. think that's really excited as a kid, and then you change your name to it, and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I'm stuck with this name growing up. God damn it. Uh, Travis, who do you have? I'm going to go with the Russian because I, I want to say that Hunter is from America, but you know we're not sure. Maybe he's, maybe he's unlisted. But uh, <laughs> Russians have some great fighters coming up, and they've been doing some damage, so... I'm going to go with him. Okay. Yeah. Hunter. Oh, Andrew Todd Hunter. For sure. Not even a second thought. Don't need to know anything else about him, Raph. Thank God, because we don't know anything else about him. We know he's 7-0 and finishes his fights with 100% submission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a hunter and you're hunting Todd, you you better be on your game. So, yeah. uh, have you, ever, have you ever dealt with, hold on, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Have you ever dealt with a Russian, Kevin? Uh, yes. Like, not emotionally, I've had to. I've never had to on the mats. Okay, so what, what was this emotional? No, feeling? I'm just, they're <laughs> tough people. I wasn't saying anything in specific. They're very hard nosed. Why, what do they like as fighters? Oh, they're just, they're, they're incredibly scrappy and, they're the craziest people on earth. Like, have you ever, they give YouTube the best videos on the entire planet. Mm. Russians. I mean, just look, it's look true. up, 
Russian anything on YouTube, and it's you'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> Russian anything. Hold on, Russian anything is worth the Google search right now. <laughs> I'm gonna do that Russian while I give you guys the opportunity to think about what you want to say in this heavyweight bout between Cain Velasquez and Fabricio Verdum. I'm going to give you guys each 20 seconds to talk about who you think is going to win. Kevin, <laughs> we're going to start with you. 20, go. I'm ready for this fight. I've enjoyed what Fabricio Verdum has done. I think he's certainly earned a spot, but I think Cain Velasquez is uh, going to need to get unseated before I'm going to vote against him. Cain Velasquez, stoked to see him put that really remarkable martial art known as wrestling on display. And I just wanted to underline how a pro wrestling I've been on this podcast and in history. Mm-hmm. So he comes back full circle to like wrestling at the end. Uh, Travis, what do you got at 20? I'm going to go with Kane Velasquez as well. He's the most dominant heavyweight. I mean, in, in probably in modern history. And, uh, yeah, for Brucio, he's had a good run, and he's came back, and I like that veteran fighter. But um, I just don't see anybody stopping Kane. He's just so much pressure, so much technique. He's got hands. He's got wrestling. He's got he's got everything. And he put freaking – he put Brock Lesnar down, so there's extra points there too. <laughs> not a fan of the Brock? No, not at all. When I was at that mm. show, when I was at that WWE show back in 2004 that I did, he was just such a, he's just so Brock, like all by himself, like wouldn't talk to anybody. He's just such a diva, like just get out of here. I'm not a fan. Anyway, I mean, he did get out of there, so good news. Uh, this is yeah. I'll, I'll come back to analysis in just a second, though. But I did want to uh, sport this over your way before we get into it. Cain uh, Velasquez was saying how recently, I guess after Ronda Rousey ended up appearing at a WrestleMania recently, somebody asked him if he'd be interested in doing professional wrestling in his career. He mentioned he'd be favorable to it. But Travis, I ask you, how do you think Cain Velasquez would do in professional wrestling? Oh, I think he'd do fine. He's, uh, he's a very gifted athlete. And uh, he's tough. He's a hard worker. I think I think he would do fine. And I mean, I don't know as far as like you're talking about the physicality, he would do fine. But I don't know about um, you know ring presence or charisma or if he'd have any kind of uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what kind of character he would be. If he would just mm-hmm. be himself, if he would just be I don't know. Next, he's had a history of of being successful in wrestling. So he's got that is true, too. very much so. Kev, uh, what do you? How do you see this fight going? I genuinely hope Fabricio Verdum has something prepared for the ground and pound because that's been the Cain Velasquez thing, right? Like the moment he gets you down, he's so strong, he keeps you down and he keeps punching you. So it'd be nice to see him have uh, maybe a grappling solution to that. Maybe attack some feet, do something crazy and dangerous. Hope he doesn't get knocked out. That'd be awesome. That's how I hope it goes. Mm. Uh, Travis, how do you see it going? I see, yeah, I see him just mothering um, Verdum and Verdum just getting overwhelmed. I, just, I don't think he's going to have an answer to the pressure. To the, to the control and pressure and strength and just overall pace. Okay, I'll say this. You know, I, I think that 
Verdum has actually proven to be really, really resourceful in areas that I didn't think he would uh, necessarily be all that great in. Uh, so I think he has a couple tricks up his sleeve, but I think the, the biggest tell of this whole thing is where does Kane come back? He's coming back from a lengthy uh, camp away. I mean, he hasn't been training for all that often. And then when he started getting back into camp, Kev, I mean, it's it's clearly a little while after he's had his last fights. So recovering from injury, do you think that plays any barometer in his success when he comes back? Or is he just a killing machine? No, that's – I'm really open to see it because we've certainly had evidence to the contrary that you're never quite the same post-injuries. We're talking about a lot of injuries. I didn't realize how long it had been since Cain Velasquez fought. It's been a while. Uh, so it'll be fascinating to see because that is something I don't know that. He's always been a gamer, but if he's not game in the sense of it just takes him a little bit, Verdum's a guy that can capitalize on that for sure. Yeah, I, I don't and... know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree. Like you talk about like layoffs and injuries. Like when somebody's an athlete, when somebody's just just a badass, and you know they're a champion, it's it's not gonna matter. You know, they always say, "Oh, ring rust is real." No, I don't. It's real for some people. It's like jet lag. It's like that's not even really, like you're tired. Okay, get over it. I get tired all the time. I've never had jet lag. I've flown all over the place. Be like, oh, I've had jet lag for a week. Oh, you're a little tired. I still have jet lag from Hawaii. I was about to say, I was yeah. like, it's a it's a heady subject on this uh, podcast when one of us is suffering from jet lag. Gosh, I had that discussion the other day. I'm like, I'm like. I've never had jet lag. I've flown all over. When I flew to Kazakhstan, I had I flew for two and a half days and then slept four hours and then had to get up and compete. And then and then we were there and then we did two and a half hours back and I was working the next week. Oh, jet lag. That's because you're a man, Travis, and you're <laughs> comparing yourself to Kevin, and just by enabling that discussion, you make it jet seem lag. as if. Jet lag from Hawaii. That's like a five-hour flight. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> All right. So, Travis, uh, I'm going to let you know this real quick. I need you to figure out who you think will win for fight of the night and performances of the night. They give out two performances of the night. Before I ask you who you think are going to take those tie-breaking uh, bonuses – should the event that you and Kevin tie for whatever reason, because you didn't know half of the people on the card, that's fine. No big deal. But after I do that, I'm going to ask you to take a wager with Kevin. And the thing is, we always defer to our guests. So they usually come up with a wager that they'd like to bet that the loser has to do. Kevin, what are some of the things you've had to do in the past? Oh, God. <laughs> well, I had to change my Facebook um, picture to something of me trying to recreate a Uriah Faber picture. Um, I had to create a holiday greeting card for a friend. Um, I've also had to do some wrestling, pro wrestling call-outs, essentially. Raph, what do you... Hype video! There it is. Promos! <laughs> it was pretty terrible. Oh, we'll go. send it your way, uh, Travis, if you haven't seen it. It's... Uh... It's Kevin, a person who does not understand pro wrestling, trying to do a pro wrestling promo. And for some reason, he might be in Kabuki phase. Even better. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so do you, you don't tell me now, but do you have an idea of where you'd like to take Kevin on a bet? Yeah, I think I do. I would like to see 
Hold on, hold on. Don't say it yet. We got to do performances of the night and fight of the night. So, Kev, what do you have for us on fight of the night and performances of the night? Fight of the night is easy. It's going to go to Kelvin Gastelum versus Nate Marquardt. Performance of the night going to Kane Velasquez. And the other performance of the night is going to go to Drew Dober. <laughs> the Drew Dober that you said is not going to win? Correct. Okay. Uh, Travis, who do you have for us? Oh, I want to make sure I got this right. Performance okay. of the night. I thought there was fight of the night and then there's knockout and submission of the night. So what's Nope, they changed the it. Performance of the night is basically they wanted to get rid of uh, submission and knockout of the night because sometimes there are events where there are no submissions or knockouts. Uh, so this okay. way yeah, two people sense. always get performance of the nights even though they still kind of change it whenever they fucking want to. So the, long story short, just pick two people who you think Dana will give money to and then a fight that Dana will give money to. Okay, the fight, uh, the Dober, Dober, Escadardo, Esquardo, Esquardio, <laughs> will be the uh, mm-hmm. fight of the night. Okay. And Cain um, Velasquez, he'll get a performance via TKO. And then okay. the other one will be uh, uh, the Irish kid. He's going to get a knockout. Cajal Pendred is going to get the bonus, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure enough. Good enough. Um, All right. So, Travis, you said you had an idea of what kind of a wager you'd like to place with Kevin. I'm interested to hear because you sound very clear on what you'd like to do here. Yeah. It it just came to me, like, I would hope, like, and I think this is a good one after I say it because – I, th- I would think Kevin is not the kind of person that would be able to change his own oil in his car. So I want to see Kevin have to change the oil in his car. I want to see him video it and go through all this trouble that would just be terribly difficult for him, as I assume. Wow. All right. Uh, From going to the store, finding out what kind of filter, <laughs> finding, finding the correct oil, the volume, finding the correct wrenches. I, I just wanted to be this terrible fiasco that I imagine it would be. Um, well, Kevin, uh, what say you to changing the oil on your Prius? I have good and I have bad news. Uh, good news is I do kind of know how to change the oil on the Prius. <laughs> Okay. The bad news it is is a very different process than changing the oil, so it's not something I can do. Gosh. Physically, I know. Isn't that crushing? But I'd have hold to on, actually take a piece off. Huh. Let's take a moment because it seems like I don't know, maybe I'm leading here. Uh, Travis, tell me if I'm wrong. It sounds like Travis is just challenging your manhood. And yeah. That's kind of where the bet's going. Am, am I picking that up right, Travis? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. What's another thing, though, that you could do? Because that's not a bad area. Nobody's ever challenged Kevin like this because I just think they assume he's not really a man. But uh, is there some <laughs> other area that you, you can take, Kevin? It's in the same vein, but I, I like where your head's at. Because I for okay. sure have a counter offer here, Raph. 
This this is a good one. Okay. This is even better than changing the oil. I want to see him chop down a tree with an axe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Accepted. Accepted. Just for funsies, though, Kevin, what was the one you were going to counter with? No, I am saying if – so if he wins, I get a video of me trying to chop down a tree with this tiny little handsaw I have that will be a real pain in the ass. Sure. If I win, I would like a video. Um, he has a he has a fiancé that he can recruit to help this. I want him to try eye makeup on in like its Ooh. full sincerity. Hmm. So we can both explore that, our weaker <laughs> sides. Wow, that's that is that is a challenge. What, how about I just like airbrush some abs on my my uh, my already, you know? Because <laughs> you already have abs, Travis, and that's not it's, fair. I wanted to to take a moment to acknowledge the part of the conversation where Travis was like, to you know, get some abs on my. I mean, I don't want to say I have abs, but. <laughs> I mean, gosh, they're just right here, and I, <laughs> on I my, listen you know really, really nicely, Kevin. No big deal, but I mean, should be. Yeah. this is what man's abs looks like. Is is that what was happening there? No, I was just I, I was going to refer to my partially existent abs, and I didn't know how to what what exact term to, <laughs> you know. Oh my god! To two people who have zero abs, I think you could just say my abs, and we'd probably let Still it like go. I make having up. The categorization. I, I will say, Kevin's eye makeup is a perfect counter. Travis, do you accept that condition? Yeah, that's fine. All right, excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not like... scared of eyeliner. <laughs> well, you don't. You don't have to be. You could just. That be should be the, the next theme. T-shirt. Yeah, I was like, that we run with. Uh, I'm not. I ain't scared. No eyeliner is gonna be. I mean, Sting. New... Sting, where he's worn eyeliner for like like 50 years in the ring so can't be it's that true bad. but yeah. i mean are are you really a sting at heart though like can you can you pull off that kind of charisma though travis was lex luger a sting when the nwo invaded no but he wore face paint so did macho man i mean anybody can do it i don't know it takes <laughs> takes a certain kind of pro wrestler to pull it off i'm just saying uh, yeah travis look this has been immense amounts of fun uh where can people find you and uh what uh, is coming up next for you? People can find me uh, online, ungd.tv. Sign up for an online membership. I put everything I've done in 10 years, training, nutrition, exercises, workouts, tutorials, everything's on there for a low, low membership price. Super easy. It fits on your phone. Um, what's up next for me is I'm getting married in August. So, uh Yeah. The biggest fight of my life is what I've been told. <laughs> you know, I've seen your your save the dates, and I don't think that is exactly the language you put on there. But okay, yeah, it was subtext. It was implied. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Well, that's great. I mean, obviously, uh, as somebody who just did that myself, I I think you are going to survive it, and uh, you you have a lovely fiance, so I think you guys are going to be just fine. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, we're excited. It's awesome. Uh, it's going to be a good time in Kansas City, and you know, hope you guys can make it out. I'm sure. You, I think you guys both got the invites. So much appreciated, my man. Uh, I I don't know. Kevin may be so embarrassed he may not be able to make it out there when he we'll see. struggles. Chop down a tree. Chop down a tree. <laughs> when the tree wins, <laughs> and I like fall down tired. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, Travis, we want to thank you for coming in uh, this week. Uh, will you be cool to drop by in the podcast next week to see how your uh, picks played out? Absolutely. That'll be cool. Awesome. Let's do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, Travis Connolly. Thank you, guys. Deep in the podcast mode, I feel like we finally hit our rhythm. We're not getting gassed after the first round. We don't have to get through mm-hmm. that first initial wave of uncertainty with the gi. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we just immediately start working our grips, you know what I mean? Speaking of grips, I am excited. I am going to start <laughs> a, uh, a challenge that Kevin is... Well, you know, Kevin, he was trying to make fun of me for saying, I'm going to Jane Fonda my way into this, but I am. <laughs> And uh, I've uh, got a new Jits Grips uh, product, and uh, for the next month, I'm going to be trying out this Jits Grips uh, product and see how it works. And I am starting a 30-day challenge. It's going to be hashtag Raf's Jits Grips Challenge, and you guys can follow along, and you'll see all of the nonsense that I am doing as I am trying to figure out how the fuck to use this thing, because it looks cool. Well, I hope your grip strength improves. I mean that. Me kind of. Yeah, thank you. Do you? Kind of. Yeah, I'm with it. Like, Are you? Yeah, like, I can't tell. You keep double negativing. Uh, no, I don't yeah, understand. absolutely. Grip strength, good. Good for you. Yeah, you're going to do great. Are you jealous? I don't know where this is. I would be jealous, except, Raph, I was in Hawaii, and I oh. got to train in a little place called Island Jiu-Jitsu with Jason Virgil, or Surfer J, as apparently the world knows him. Awesome place. So it kind of overlooks Honolulu, which is already pretty cool. And they can like open the windows. It's on the second floor. It's like nothing but mats. Badass. Great vibe. Hot as balls. No one else notices except the foreigner. Um, the guy from the mainland. It's like, I'm baking and no one else is just like, eh, it's a beautiful evening. What are you talking about? It's like 75, 80 out. Uh, though, genuinely fantastic instruction. Got to roll, get beat up. Um, take some breaks away from work and it's here's what I'll say here's what I like about going to jiu-jitsu gyms because it's been two weeks away you start to get a little homesick you know you get a little tired of hotel stuff jiu-jitsu always has that little home feel no matter what wherever you go which is really cool so thanks to the guys out at Island Jiu-Jitsu anyone's ever in Honolulu you have to go visit this gym it's amazing Awesome. They had a uh, low, the Lowen, who was the one FC fighter. I was talking about the one we'll hopefully have on the podcast, just coming off a big one FC win. He was telling me I was speaking with them right before the class started. Apparently, Jason, the surfer Jay, the instructor, texted him the night before his fight that when his opponent gets desperate, he tries to roll through for a knee bar. So almost like a Jeff Glover like donkey guard roll through. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently that's exactly what happened in the third round. And <laughs> Lowen cannot explain it. He has an older iPhone, and that was the only text that made it through. Right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was the only one. Of all the like people that were like, oh, I texted you good luck, and you didn't get any of those texts, he got the watch out for the roll through, and he uh, you know, was able to prepare for it, block his foot, and win. That's awesome. Right? And... 
So fun to be back to train with uh, Dave, Brian, Marcus Saturday. Get some open mat work back in. Doing some really good drilling, some rolls. And that's going to do it for me, Raf. That's awesome. Well, uh, welcome back. I'm glad to hear you're you're back in the east, safe and sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> the, I was trying to think of what they called it, the East Maritimes or whatever they called it in Canada. That I said, and I can't remember now. Uh, before I give shout outs, I do want to say in uh, follow up to what we were talking about with Travis, when you uh, type in the words Russian anything into YouTube, uh, the first five <laughs> results are expect anything and my only serenity Russia tour 2014 with people looking like they're about to take a shot of something. Uh, anything you can do, I can do better, but in Russian apparently, and it looks like it's done with Muppets. Uh, multi-purpose motorcycle from Russia can go through almost anything, so let your imagination do that. Uh, there's one that says, is there anything a Russian won't climb? And uh, <laughs> it's a dude on a ledge, which what is... What are ooh, they implying? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and then the last one is, tattoo all the things she said, as many people remember, the lesbian rocker group who just made out in the video forever. Most people are familiar with it for reasons uh, both can be explained on the podcast and probably shouldn't be explained. So those are the top five results for Russian Anything. You're welcome, Travis Connolly. I just want to send a shout out to to the listeners, I think, if we're just being like, thank you. If we are being honest. Oh, thank you. I I am happy to do a good service. It's an obligation, not a choice for you. I get it. It's true. Uh, Let's go ahead and shout out everybody at Valley Martial Arts Center. Had some really good training today at Open Mat. Uh, One of our new guys, uh, Jeff, has been uh, really, really cool and great to train with. And no, I am not saying that because I am trying to bribe him to listen to this podcast. But um, below us or above us, whichever. (laughs) I don't ever get it right, but it's one of them. It's one of them. Uh, Jeff's been a good training partner, and I'm glad to see he is becoming part of the family over here. Uh, I also want to shout everybody at Breakdown Academy. Breakdown. (laughs) You got nothing for that one. I'm so glad. Breakdown. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's the the fellow Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My thanks to John and everybody over there. I had some great training with them as well. Um, it's just good time. So my thanks to everybody. It's been uh, a good week of training, and I look forward to starting to use the Jits Grips on my Jits Grips challenge. Let's hope I don't screw it up. Look oh, out. I will tell you, uh, the first challenge is apparently opening the packaging. So, <laughs> challenge one. It's a rough uh, one. Grip packaging. Well, that's a good idea. That's good marketing. Just by getting into this package, you're going to already see grip improvements. They can use that if they want, Raph. Don't worry about it. I'm just throwing grip nuggets your way. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and goodbye.